Hello, my name is Ben. And I'm Nora. And we are your hosts of the Too Big Podcast this week. One word, two hosts, stories, trivia, and video games. Nora, how are you doing today? I'm doing okay. I'm glad to be back in the studio with you. The virtual studio? (laughs) Yeah, right. Coming to you live from Chicago, Illinois, or whatever. Even though Andrew makes a fine studio person. Oh, yeah. Yeah. We just got everything all worked out with his audio equipment. He got a new microphone for Christmas, and last episode sounded really good. So Yes, it did. Anything else exciting and new? going on with you? Oh, I was, um, well, getting new things. I think I decided, like, I got a new chair that's really lovely, a chair in Ottoman. Oh, okay. Like an Eames chair, not quite as expensive, Scandinavian. And all my big, tele- I had a couple of big televisions, I just, a couple of winter coats. I don't know, something just has gone on in my mind that I just said, you know, I want these things. So so that's pretty much what I've been doing. Getting into the consumerism, getting swept up. Went some places for Christmas dinners, like everybody. And then Anna and I stayed at home and had some pre-made <laughs> Christmas dinners, watched a movie and, you know, relaxed. It was The Maestro about Leonard Bernstein. Oh, okay. For his esteem. And it was, uh, okay. It was okay. That's what I think. Well, that kind of leads into the next episode I'm going to do with Andrew is going to be on the word review. So we'll get those review skills sharpened up. Yeah, all right. So we can uh, go off something that's a little more detailed than, eh, it was okay. Right, right, exactly. <laughs> I have been playing a couple of games myself. I just started playing a game called Soul Hackers 2 which once I finish, I will talk about on an upcoming show. And coincidentally, another JRPG-style game that I just completed, Thirsty Suitors. Oh, yeah. When you hear that title, Thirsty Suitors, what do you think of? I think think I'm going to ask Ben why they're thirsty. I don't understand it. (laughs) Not like thirsty for water. I mean, you know, the slang version of thirsty. Are you familiar with the slang? I don't think so. I can make some pretty good guesses. Something that you want, that you think you need. So tell me what it really means. It is in the dictionary, according to Oxford. Having or showing a strong desire for something is being thirsty. Oh, yeah. Uh, Yeah. Or informally... Having or showing a strong sexual desire for someone. Yeah. And maybe there's a little bit of difference the way Thirsty operates in the UK, because I believe the folks who developed, at the very least, I think, uh, Megana Jayanth, M-E-G-H-N-A, J-A-Y-A-N-T-H. She even actually worked on uh, one of my favorite games as a narrative designer. She did some work on Horizon. But anyway, she's the lead narrative designer and she lives in the UK. That's neither here nor there. Right. The thirsty thing, because I'm fascinated by UK slang, so it might be something that's used differently over there that's slang. I'm just assuming everyone uses it as, oh, that dude is thirsty or whatever. You know, yeah, once you explain it, it's like, yeah, I've heard it. Okay. So, yeah. I guess the suitors are thirsty based on context and playing the game. (laughs) Thirsty suitors 
which sounds strange, and it kind of is. <laughs> he has a game that just came out. By that, I mean November 2nd, 2023. It was published by Annapurna Interactive, one of my favorite publishers, because they do a lot of great work with independent studios. It's developed by a studio called Outer Loop. And from their website, this is what they describe themselves as. Outer Loop Games is a minority-led, fully distributed indie game studio that creates accessible games with depth about underrepresented cultures and themes. So that's like sort of their mission statement, I would say. Okay. This is the second game from the studio. Their first was a game called Falcon Age, which was developed primarily for the VR systems, but it took place in this universe where you are trapped on a sort of like a dying earth and there are robots and drones and things that are kind of in charge and they make you do mining. Then you find a bird living on your sill or whatever and the mother dies trying to protect the baby and the baby kind of falls. And then you raise it and you have all sorts of things you do with the falcon. It was really cool. It's a little bit basic if you're playing it, not in virtual reality, but it's still an interesting game and idea, like raising a falcon. And yeah, like you can send him after little rodents or whatever. You'll see a rodent and you'll just say, hey, go after that rodent. And yeah. So it sounds it sounds interesting. Yeah, I haven't played too much of it yet. I wanted to get a second opinion about Outer Loop games after playing this one and I wanted to play through that story and see what was going on cuz that also got a lot of fanfare. Uh-huh. So the description of Thirsty Suitors mm-hmm. from Outer Loop Games comes Thirsty Suitors, a game about culture, relationships, family pressures and expressing oneself. Can Jala handle her demanding parents, reconcile with her exes, and mend broken friendships in time for her sister's wedding? Will she be ready for the impending visit of the family's terrifying and judgmental matriarch? That is their description from their page, and then the Steam page says this. Thirsty Suitors is a surreal, story-driven game which throws turn-based RPG battles, skating, and over-the-top cooking mechanics together in a spicy fusion. (laughs) Okay. Spicy fusion. This isn't a dating sim. It's a breakup simulator. Battle your exes, disappoint your parents, find yourself. What did you think of the video that I sent you? Well, it it was so little, uh, so short. So it was really hard to tell what was going on. Mm-hmm. I thought it was amusing. She's doing skateboarding kind of to get away from her troubles. But then you can do little games and stuff, which is interesting while you're out skateboarding. She was cooking with her mother, mm-hmm. which I thought was a nice aspect. And then quite a bit of it, of course, was she was trying to get the upper hand from the people she was seeing, either exes or friends or, you know, whatever. But it seemed like she was always trying to get the upper hand. So you play as this character, Jala. She just broke up with the mayor's daughter, the mayor of the town you're from. Jennifer convinced you to move away. And then you cut off all the people in your town from your life. And then all of a sudden, three years later, Jennifer dropped you, broke up with you. So Jala comes back home and is accepted into the home by her parents. 
apparently there's this big plan about all the exes, I guess, making your life a living hell somehow, where they all come together. I guess they're angry at you because you cut them out of your life for three years. Yeah. Jennifer, who told you to do that, you were introduced to her by your sister. Ah. And your sister's mad for some reason at you. She's getting married. So you're also kind of in town for that. And then you've got your grandmother who keeps on sending suitors to woo you and marry you and whatever. Then the game components and the stories start to unfold. We'll talk about this more on the review episode, but I've come up with what I'm thinking is a standard formula I want to use when I rank or rate games. So I've got three different categories. We've got the audiovisual, the aesthetics, any music or graphics or style of the graphics or animation fall into that category. Mm-hmm. Then we have game mechanics. How do you manipulate the character? Uh, what things are you're supposed to do? Just how the game works, the pieces, how they fit all together. And then the third part is the story and narrative. So that's how I have them split up. That makes sense. Like out of 100%, I would say that 45% of me liking the game has to do with the story. 35% has to do with the game mechanics. And then 20% is visuals, graphics, style. That's generally how I would split mine. Okay. But other people may have their own. Like I talked to Shan about it, and she said that hers is 60% story, 20% game mechanics, and 20% sound and graphics and anything audiovisual. You can come up with your own percentages to kind of come up with a score if you want to. But we'll noodle with that a little bit on the review show. Yes. Let me go into my assessment of Thirsty Suitors. Thirsty, yes. So the audiovisual or the aesthetics, it is bright. It's beautiful. The style is very flashy. Wonderful character designs. Except for Sergio. He's got this big bulge thing (laughs) that I don't know what the heck that's about. But for the most part, all the character designs are really unique and interesting. The animations are gorgeous. It has thematically appropriate music for your battles or for whatever you're doing. The music's pretty Mm -hmm. good. Jala can be customized. So you'll pick up things along the way that will allow you to, you know, customize her jacket or hat or her other clothing. So you can play with your own look. And then also as you unlock pieces of the story, you can also skate as different characters. So they will skate in your stead. They won't play the battles, but they will skate for you. You can also unlock as you do different tasks or you can purchase music in the shop. When you go to the diner, you can play those tracks. I really enjoyed that. I thought it was a very unique style. I really thought it was amazing. Any questions about the audiovisual? Do you agree with what you saw? Um, well, yeah, the little bit that I saw. Part of it, when she was dealing with her people she was trying to, quote, reconcile with. Right. It kind of reminded me of old comic books. Oh, yeah. Like, gang, pow, you know, except that uh, you didn't see that pow stuff. The movement. Yeah. The fighting moves and stuff are very reminiscent of those types of animations. Right, right. That's that's what it kind of reminded me of. Yeah. 
as you're doing this, it kind of takes place in their own realm mm. kind of thing. It's it's like in their mind. Next, we'll do the game mechanics. We've got, as you said, skateboarding. Basic skateboarding game with challenges, collecting things. This portion of the game revolves on you stringing tricks together. Mm. So with your thumbstick, you can do one of four directions, which will make you do one of four different moves. There's a trigger that you pull down and you can do alternate moves. It's very, very basic. Mm -hmm. And then when you jump or you can also switch directions with the circle button, any of those things that you do is a trick and it increases your multiplier. So once you've strung as many moves together as you want or can, you will go to an end point and then you would have to do a couple of quick time events to nail it and then you get the score. Another game mechanic is this cooking mini game that I think you saw. Yeah, the cooking mini game and the JRPG battles, like battling your exes, they all revolve around quick time events. Rotating the left thumbstick clockwise, holding down the circle button for a specified amount of time as it fills a bar, tapping the square button quickly to fill up a circular bar that goes around the button, timing left, right, up, down with the thumbstick. As a circle collapses, once it reaches a circle in the center, you have to hit that at the right time. Triangle button at two points on a line. Jiggle the thumbstick left and right, up and down. Those are the different quick time events. Yeah. The battles and the cooking are made up of those little sequences. You've got to do them right. It'll vary, but it's consistent. So once you memorize... The sequence, you know what's going to be coming. It's not completely random. The cooking mini games, you cook with your mother and father. As you progress in the story, you have South Asian dishes that you will find, unlock, cook for people. But you cook them for yourself too. You have them as items that will give you various power-ups during a battle. But we'll get to that. Ah, uh, okay. You can also buy those in town at the store, the skate shop or whatever. But as you do the cooking mini games, the better your timing with those quick time events as you're making things step by step, the more points of approval you get from your parents. Okay. The higher the approval, the better the item, the better the stats you get. Uh Uh-huh. For example, if you make just an average piece of food, it'll only give you 80 points of hit points. If you make one that's high quality, it'll give you 100. So, I mean, these items will vary and give you different buffs based on how well you make them. Right, right. So then also part of this mini game is you can impress your parents even more by doing super versions of the preparation steps. Aha. Uh-huh. And that is based on this pepper bar okay, <laughs> up in the left-hand corner that will, as you do step-by-step step and you do it well, you will not only gain your parents' approval, but you also fill up these peppers. And what these peppers will do is allow you to do those super versions where they're more difficult. Every time you start a dish, you got to wash your hands. oh good yeah exactly that's how you start every dish (laughs) there's even one dish that you have to wash your hands mid dish 
but you can choose a super version which gives you more approval. It's one of those risk versus reward things, right? Where it's like gives you more approval, but it's more complex to achieve. Right. Also, you can use a pepper and take a risk spinning a wheel to compliment your mom or dad in some way. Okay. And whatever the wheel lands on, it can either add peppers, add approval, add a multiplier for your approval, or subtract approval or subtract. So it's like it's a risk. Right. But you can get higher points if you want to risk it and you use a pepper. If you get all six peppers filled, then you can call on your heritage. When you do that, you get a multiplier for your approval for three turns or three steps. Okay. There's a little bit of trying to get it just right. Once you get the score as high as possible, you want three stars for each one of your dishes. That's the highest approval rating. That is the second part, which is the cooking. Yeah. And then the third part is the JRPG-style turn-based battles. Okay. (laughs) Which use the same quick-time events that the cooking does, except it's turn-based. So you will do a move, and they will do a move, and each attack is made up of these different quick-time events in some sequence. Okay. Jala's moves and blocks require timing of the quick time events to maximize the outgoing damage and minimize incoming damage. So as Jala progressively gains levels through the game, through tasks and missions, she'll gain hit points, what's called WP, which is willpower. So willpower points, attack and defense. Okay. And these are all added to varying degrees as you level up based on one of three categories, Heartbreaker, Star, or Bohemian. So based on your responses, you'll get ranked those, but then also sometimes you'll get a free point to spend in any one of those categories that you want. Depending on which one you choose, it levels up in different denominations, let's say. Okay. Then on to the battle piece of it. Jala starts out with a selection of taunts, impressive, Heartless, Shocking, Raging, and Thirsty. Oh. Each one of these taunts has a status effect that can make initiating attacks more difficult for an opponent, delay the opponent's turn, add bonus turns, reduce damage, all those different types of things. It's basically a debuff. Okay. They also have the ability to do this to you. So you've got to keep that in mind. Right. And then that kind of throws a wrench in what you're trying to do. Each enemy that you face will have one to three of these five different taunts that will affect them. Some taunts will not be effective on an enemy, and you just have to figure out which taunts will work. During battle, Jala has a regular attack that does minimal damage, but it builds willpower points, which is what you need to do taunts and taunt-themed moves. And as you progress and your character levels up, they gain three different moves in each taunt category. And like I said, they're made up of different quick time events. Depending on the amount of damage that they do, they cost an increasing amount of willpower points, which scales along with the 
quick time event string complexity. Yeah. So the higher the willpower, the more complex and also the more damage that you deal generally. I'm following basically. Okay, good. These are the detailed mechanics because this is part of what makes the game good to a point. Right. So that's why I feel that I need to describe these. Well, anyway, we'll, we'll get to it. Yeah, yeah. So each themed move has a single target regular damage move, a single target higher damage move, and then also a group damage move in each tier. The impressive, heartless, shocking, raging, and thirsty. The other thing is if you throw a taunt at someone and you affect them with that taunt, the themed move does more damage. So if you make someone thirsty, then you want to use one of your three thirsty moves. If you make someone shocked, you want to use one of your three shocking moves. Okay. And then, of course, I mentioned like the items you cooked or purchased can be used during battles to heal, improve stats temporarily, impart a number of buffs, expose weaknesses, regain willpower points. The last piece of this is that as Jala patches her relationships, she gains one of five different summons that can either expose a weakness, cause immense damage, enact taunts on an entire group, or buff Jala. They cost no willpower to use, but they also don't generate willpower. Okay. The only thing that generates willpower points is your own attack and items that you use. So those are the basic mechanics of the turn-based battle system. Yeah. So you know exactly what's going on here now, right? Oh, yeah, right. Exactly. (laughs) I'm sure once you play it, I've seen eight minutes of it. I can't possibly understand, you know how all that stuff fits together, but yeah. Yeah, fits together, yeah. But as you play it. Yeah, if you're a kinesthetic learner. I mean, some people will (laughs) be able to piece this together if they know games. Other people will not. Yeah, right. Then we make it to the last piece, the story or narrative. Yes, right. So this is my description of the story or narrative in general. You play the role of a 25-year-old Jala one daughter of two of South Asian immigrant parents. You have returned to your hometown after a breakup with your girlfriend of three years, Jennifer, who is the daughter of the mayor of that town you live in. Allegedly, Jennifer convinced you to cut off ties for three years, so you essentially alienated your family and friends for that period of time. But now you're back in town, you're trying to figure out where to go from here, pick up the pieces. You have a number of things going on in the town when you arrive that'll impact your journey. There is a group of six exes that seem to be conspiring against you for revenge, maybe. Yeah. Including one that was kind of the more serious, the one that got away kind of category of partner, Tyler, who is a trans woman And she has been there throughout your entire life, essentially, you know, but you've been on and again, off again with Tyler. She needs something from you. She is a reporter for the local newspaper, and she's investigating Soundy, which is a bear mascot. Oh, (laughs) who has taken over. (laughs) It's fun. I mean, it is kind of weird and funny. Yeah. 
they have taken over the abandoned amusement park. They kind of have a cultish following of skate punk kids from the town. And then Tyler is investigating this, so she needs someone to infiltrate that skate park. So you're pretty much a fresh face after three years being gone. So you come and then you help investigate. Meanwhile, your internal monologue is piping up throughout the story. And that is your sister, Aruni, who you haven't talked to for that three years either. Right. In real life, Aruni is not speaking to you, but in your own imagination, like your own internal monologue, your sister is speaking to you. Okay. So you've got to patch up that relationship. Somehow her wedding is approaching. And part of that is that grandmother Patti, which is your judgmental mother's judgmental mother, (laughs) however that works, (laughs) she'll be arriving to attend the wedding. Patti keeps sending male, female, and non-binary suitors. It's called gift or grift. Okay. And basically you'll see little gifts on the street and you'll either get some money or you'll get into a battle with these suitors, the turn-based battle. Yeah. What's a young single woman to do? Here's what she does. She fights off the suitors. She battles with skate punks. Uh Uh-huh. Leaders underneath Soundy. She tries to convince them to break away from Soundy. Uh, Yeah. Also tries to find some sort of middle ground with her exes. And then finally... Right. A final confrontation, not with her mother, but with her grandmother. So that's basically the story in a nutshell. Now, do you have any questions? Well, for somebody up to age 22, because for three years she was with Jennifer. Right. She certainly had a lot of action, didn't she? Yes, she did. She did. I mean, let's say 16 to 22, even though 16 might be youngish for the cultural Her first boyfriend was that Sergio, and that was in third grade, she says, according to the narrative. Oh, my God. Okay, okay. He was very macho, self-assured, kind of. So I never expected that to be third grade. Yes. I know. Everybody grows up. Yeah, this is true. (laughs) You're not familiar with Scott Pilgrim versus the world, but it's a similar thing where The character Scott Pilgrim, if he wants to date this other character, Ramona Flowers, he'll have to fight her seven evil exes and defeat them in battle. Okay, okay. So it kind of has a parallel with that. Okay. Now, I'm going to say three positive things about this game and three negative things about this game, and then we'll close the segment. Okay. My three positive things are... The character introductions, the game mechanic progression, story, and the pacing all starts out very strong and is very compelling for about the first half of the game. It really drew me in. It was wonderful to the point where I purchased it for my friend Michaela for Christmas. Mm -hmm. I mean, it was that strong. And I thought to myself that it was going to end strongly. So first six hours, amazing. Also, the dialogues with most of the characters are very realistic and well-written. There are a number of emotional, powerful moments in the backstories of these characters 
Many of them have to deal with LGBTQ plus issues and South Asian experiences, which are not commonly seen in video games. So that was refreshing. And then aesthetically, I would say the game is near perfect. Beautiful, unique characters. The scenery design is amazing. And it's very clear that this development team put a lot of love into that game. Those are my three positive things. Okay. My three negative things. The game feels unfinished in a number of ways. As you make amends with your family and your exes, they become these super move summons that I talked about. There are five of them, but that's where it stops, which is roughly mid-game. Then you don't get the other exes. I was expecting a super move from every single ex that you battled in the game mechanics department. If you max out your level, you need to tell the player that they're maxed. And what would happen is you reached level 31, and then it would show in subsequent battles that you accumulated X amount of experience. Right. And it would show the bar filling up, but then you would start back at level 31. And it took a few times of it happening to realize that I wasn't gaining any more experience. Uh Uh-huh. If you max out, you tell the player that they've maxed out. The last part that makes it feel unfinished the map only has three locations. <laughs> yeah. Right. The map is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. And it kind of gives the illusion that there are parts of it that you would be able to go to. Uh-huh. But it's just got the town square, the skate park, your house. Okay. And you pop okay. up on a screen and you pick where you go. That's a cute looking map, but it has no point. It's yeah. Yeah, yeah. essentially two places and home. You don't need a map for two places and home. Do you want to go home or do you want to go to the skate park? You pick one. You don't need a flipping map. Yeah, why? So that also felt unfinished because if you have a map, I would expect more places to travel to. A reason for it. Exactly. Number two, towards the end of the game, the story focus gets fractured and kind of lost. It gets murky. There are too many loose ends. The latter X battles don't feel as meaningful as the first ones. I had a really meaningful battle with Daya, the second person that you get in touch with. Uh-huh. It had a really tugged at your heartstrings kind of moment in it. She's angry at you because it was so easy for you. Your parents love you for who you are, whatever your sexuality is, but her mother disowned her. So she is living on her own. And trying to figure things out. She works in a bar. She has her band. Uh-huh. But it's like, what makes you so special? Why is it, you know? Yeah. yeah. Well, yeah. Different people. I don't know if that was such a high point that it made the rest of it feel less impactful. But it just didn't feel the same for your subsequent exes. That was a little disappointing. And then the story concludes with a final boss with your grandmother, which doesn't really make sense narratively to me conceptually this woman has been angry at jala's mother and father for 25 years right she's held this 25 years and she comes to town and she's that person and then through one little boss battle with your grandmother which is a little bit disappointing by itself everything's fine 
She's back together talking with her daughter and her husband, who she never really approved of, but now everything's all great. That just seems like poor writing, wrapping things up. And yeah, yeah. And then the final ending, the sort of epilogue, consists of a single panel graphic where the characters that you met along the way, they have a conversation and then this panel appears. Depending on how many of the people you win over or whatever determines the different panels, but they're still single panels and I don't see that they change any. One thing that also sort of sparks this is not completely well thought out was the Sergio battle. The first ex you fight was infatuated with Jala, apologizes and said, I want to be friends with you and let's start here. Uh-huh. Right. But then at the end, his panel is he's back to like, hey, you know, you love me, blah, blah, blah. And his uh-huh, panel uh-huh. is Jala holding a cooking pan in the air like a sword. Oh, <laughs> and shirtless Sergio is flexing his biceps, which seems counter to what he said originally. Right, right, right. So it's like it doesn't fit. I also read a little bit about the design of this game. And it's like, oh, yeah, we used real stories from real people on our development team for the backstories of the exes. So that's okay, but it also is a distraction if there's no focus. Right. Too many cooks spoil the soup kind of thing. Yes, I want to hear all those stories, but I want it to mean something. I want to hear all those stories individually. I don't want to hear them all at once. I want to see those characters and how they react in their situations i want that right i don't want this person's trying to find herself and doesn't come up with a conclusion and that's the conclusion of the game yeah plus there's all these things where you can be flirty or you can be direct which has no impact at all you know it doesn't impact who you quote unquote end up with or who you're interested in there's no conclusion there other than these panels but that's it You want to leave something to the imagination, but you don't want to leave too much to the imagination. This just didn't hit that mark story-wise. Right. The last thing of my three downs is I wanted more South Asian culture in the game. You learn about the South Asian immigrant family. I wanted to hear more history and more stories there. The culture history, you, you just hear about the family history, which is fine, but it makes more stories that you're trying to keep track of throughout the game, which kind of muddies the water. The food was an important part of the culture and storytelling, which I really enjoyed, but I would want them to include recipes next time. I was going to ask you if they had recipes. <laughs> yeah, the extent to which it's a recipe is each step has to do with a thing, but it's like they don't give you quantities, so it's not like there's an actual recipe included. Uh That would Uh be cool. Next time out of loop, include the recipes, please. (laughs) You had cultural items that were obviously of significance to a South Asian culture sitting around the house, but you just got a one-two sentence blurb that didn't really inspire me to do any research on them or what they meant. It was more about, oh, yeah, dad picked this up wherever. What does it mean? What is the significance of the thing? For a company that says they want to make games with depth about underrepresented cultures, that was a little bit disappointing as well. Yeah. So 
that is it. It reminds me of when you're writing a paper for school or whatever. I'm a last minute person. So I'm writing the night before it's due. And this is before we had computers. I'm up late and I'm trying to finish. And at some point at two o'clock in the morning or something like that, I just said, I can't finish this. And I just ended it with some little silliness. Okay. Like 64 years ago, I remember a comment from my teacher on that paper. What did it say? It was, this is when your A turned to a D minus. Oh, wow. Yeah. Because I just, it was like, hey, I don't have time for this. I'm just going to wrap this up. So that's what that reminds me of, kind of. It's like, hey, we got to have this out in a week. Come on, guys. What are we going to do? Da, 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 da. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. One interview that I read talked about how the skating part of it wasn't a part of the original design. The skating part was a loading screen. And it was more of Jala's background. Oh, okay. And it wasn't a part of the game that you played. A team developed that a little bit more. And then someone in the design group said, hey, we should put this in the game. And then they started doing the skateboarding stuff and making that a part of the story. So how do you add that? How do you tweak that? The scope of this game, just too much going on, too much. You're trying to do too much with the game. Well, you know, I only saw that little bit. The skateboarding to me was an uh, escape from having to think about, uh, sort of like Agrisada or whatever her name is, (laughs) that goes and sings karaoke loudly. That was the impression that I got. It was just like, oh, I got to, you know, work this stuff off. Agrisuko. Yeah, 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 yeah. I knew it was Agri something. It's more of a fun way to get from place to place. I don't think you have to make it into a story part of it. You could just leave it as a fun way to get from place to place, right? Yeah. Maybe put challenges in there if you want. I think maybe that's part of where they went wrong, was trying to tie that into the story instead of focusing on your family and your exes. That would have been plenty. Right. I think it would be a good uh like a vehicle to go from one thing to another. Mm-hmm. And like you said, maybe uh, some little tasks in there, but nothing major that you could do or not. So that is one thing in my mind that says it wasn't really part of the original design or the story that they wanted to tell. So they had to adjust the story. Yeah, it, right. Skateboarding and a skate park and the soundy has nothing to do with suitors at all. Thirsty suitors, to me, says your grandmother is sending you suitors and the exes as a part of this. You're winning over your exes so they can help you in your battle against your grandmother or whatever. If they made that clear, it would have been a a better story. And that's the part that was, it's a cool thing to travel around, but it kind of muddies the story. Right. It doesn't resolve You know, the things that you did to win over the teenagers seem to work against what you were trying to do and only strengthen the bond between these teenagers and the Pied Piper bear soundy. (laughs) Right, right, right. It was like, okay, so that was all just kind of smoke and mirrors doesn't really matter too much. Yeah. If you just end the game six hours in, it was worth playing. But just all this additional sort of trying to end the game very quickly. And without as much stuff, without as much mechanics, uh, everything else that you were talking about. Yeah. I mean, it builds up to that point and then it stops. 
and you reach that cap and then it's like, all right, well then now what? And the thing I was going to mention also is you're trying to resolve, patch up these relationships with your exes, right? Yeah. Well, you're doing so by manipulating them with these taunts and yeah, which it, it's nearly mentally abusive kind of methods. And this is just all right, right. It didn't strike me, like I said, until afterwards. I thought about it and it's like, you're basically manipulating these people. Yeah. And trying to get them over to your side in such a way that feels bad, you know? Right. So how is that good communication? If you want to say the truth, sometimes hard truths have to be said, but that's not a good template for how to resolve conflicts. Not at all. You're making your opponent sad so you can hit them harder in a certain spot (laughs) in their heart, right? And and it's like, it, uh, it just doesn't doesn't sit well. I know it's just a game. No, you know, but the name of it and the supposed premise, I suppose it, I, I guess, it's like the thirsty suitors part should have been a heck of a lot more important. It was like 20% of it or something. All right, maybe 30%. Yeah. I didn't even realize the ex-boyfriend things that she was trying to manipulate them to be on her side. Or whatever. And that's part of making up with those folks is like to get them over to your side. Yeah. And Jala, as far as her arc, I don't think that the way she resolved these different friendships in the last panel or whatever felt healthy at the end. It felt more like bullying someone into being on your side. It just felt weird. And then she is like Rob in High Fidelity. You think maybe he's learned something, but it doesn't make it clear at the very end. So you don't know. Yeah, yeah. And so the arc of Jala just feels unsatisfying. Yes. You tell your grandmother off. Your mother tells your grandmother off. Magically, everything is solved. You still have no direction. You still don't know what you're going to do. Sounds like a very immature person. (laughs) I would be lying if I said that in my 20s, I didn't have confusion about relationships and stuff. It's it's definitely something I identify with, except for all the love and sex part. But (laughs) I wasn't nearly that cool. Other than that, yeah, I identify. I didn't have seven girlfriends or boyfriends or whatever up until (laughs) that age. Yeah. Yeah. Which also is a sign that she doesn't really know what she wants, right? Yeah, could. And think about that. That is in the period of from third grade to 22 because she was involved with Jennifer for that last piece. Right. Which we don't learn anything about that situation other than she's a white girl, which gets mentioned in some of the discourse between you and your mother. There are a couple of cool stories like your father, his sister, who runs a skateboard shop that you go into. She's a weightlifter. She's like a former bodybuilder. Okay. He is a lesbian and didn't really come out until later. And he didn't quite understand how to interact with her. And it took him a little while to understand and accept her. But once he did, it was like they were still brother and sister. Those are good messages. And I like those little moments, but they were too few, unfortunately. It just basically deviated from the thirsty suitor. Yeah. It just seems like they called it thirsty suitors because that 
perks your ears up. It's a sales technique. It's like, ooh, yeah, what is this about? You know, thirsty suitors, ooh. While you were talking about this, a quote came to mind, not with a bang, but a whimper. It's the last stanza of a poem, The Hollow Men by T.S. Eliot. Yes. Which I remember from a long time ago, but haven't looked at. And it's, this is the way the world ends. This is the way the world ends. This mm-hmm. is the way the world ends. Not with a bang, but a whimper. Yes. And that's that's what that reminded me of. This is the way the story ends. Yeah, sadly enough, that's the way it feels the story ends to me. It just doesn't really yeah, yeah. Doesn't wrap things up. It's getting high marks in the ratings from a lot of different people. The players are a little bit lower on this than the professional reviewers. My only concern with professional reviewers is, did you play the whole game? Yes. That seems to be more of a concern for your open world games. When you're trying to rank a game that takes 150 hours to play, it's not really reasonable to assume that someone stayed up for 150 hours to <laughs> yeah, right, complete right, right. the game. But some people do that. Some people take it that seriously and try and get the review ready before the game releases. They'll get a pre-release version for that purpose so they can review the game. Uh huh. It seems like the people who played this, I agree to a point. And then once it reaches that halfway mark, well, what do you want to be? Do you want to be a story about the skate park thing? Do you want to be a story about making amends with your exes? Do you want the story to be about helping your family heal. Exactly. Making up with your sister. I know in real life, these things all happen simultaneously, right? Right, right. But this is a game. This is a story that you're trying to tell someone. Like I've mentioned to you before, I used to have problems telling stories to people. I would have a beginning, I'd have a middle, Uh and no conclusion. It wasn't like because I hadn't thought of it. It was because I thought the middle was good enough. And that's how I feel with this, not finishing with a whimper so much as right. solid beginning, solid middle, nothing at the end. But you know, a lot of, you're very story oriented. Yes. Which is why you gave it um, 40% of your... My ratio is 45 story, 35 game mechanics, and 20 graphics. Oh, see the graphics and an, uh, all that stuff, animation, graphics, probably music if I listened. That would be a lot higher for me. Oh, okay. Okay. And the story, yeah, I like a story, but not as high as yours would be. Yeah. Uh, and the mechanics, as long as it's user-friendly, but you know my games. You're heavy into stories yeah. when you play games. And so perhaps if you were a person who was not 45% story narrative, the things that disappointed you wouldn't have been as strongly disappointing. I was disappointed in the story, but I was also disappointed in the game mechanics department because it went halfway. It stopped at a certain point, just like the story. Yes. Yeah, that's true. So, I mean, those are my two big things. It's like if they could have made a game with a little bit more depth, advance those mechanics a little further, personally, I would have enjoyed it. But then again, I enjoy... JRPGs with more complexity, where there's more moves, there's more monsters that have different tactics, there's more things that you have to consider. And this is, yeah, arguably, it's designed to be basic so you can enjoy the story, but 
didn't close the deal for me. Follow through, yeah, yeah. Am I going to check out Ira Loops games when they do another one? Absolutely. Uh-huh. Like I said, it was so strong of a starter. Hopefully, they'll learn from that. They'll do a, a post-mortem, an assessment of the game independently of this, and maybe they'll realize that they didn't quite get as far as they should have. So that is my long-winded review, sadly, Yeah. <laughs> of Thirsty Suitors. Interesting concept. Interesting, yeah. The other thing, the title has nothing to do with the journey, necessarily. It only has to do with one piece of that journey. Yeah. Also, the tagline. Did you see what the tagline was? Uh, I don't. Tell me. Battle your exes, disappoint your parents, find yourself. (laughs) Do you battle your exes? Yes. Disappointing your parents, your parents are disappointed in you, but you're trying to patch things up so that you're not really disappointing your parents. Your parents are parents. They're concerned for you. Right, right. And then find yourself. You do things that could possibly influence you one way or another, but you don't find yourself. You're just as confused in the end as you are in the beginning, according to my interpretation of the story. Right. So yeah, the game I really wanted to love. Hopefully, Outer Loop will do something that's a little bit more succinct. Maybe that's the good word for it, succinct. Yeah. I like my games like I like my women, succinct. (laughs) Shorten to the point? Yes, shorten to the point. That's perfect. (laughs) That's like my friend who says, I like my coffee like I like my men, ground up and in my freezer. Yeah. (laughs) Same place I have mine. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if I'm going to tag Outer Loop or Annapurna on this because I feel like I'm being too negative, maybe. Right. I mean, is there, is there, my opinion does not matter. It's my opinion, right? Correct. I just want to get it off my chest that I was so stoked about playing this and then it was just kind of meh for me. If you have something in there about how much you really loved it and how stoked you were, and and it just sort of petered out. Yeah. Uh, and that was your big disappointment. It's not really saying Annapurna is terrible. Uh, right. Actually, Annapurna, you've liked a lot of well, some of their stuff before. A lot. Yeah. Annapurna is a publisher. So this outer loop is the developer. Okay. Oh, okay. Annapurna publishes a lot of games from different indie developers. So your complaints are really with the outer loop. One loop wonders or whatever. Oh, outer loop. Yeah. <laughs> one loop wonders. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I remember parts of things, you know. Are you a games journalist? Because that was perfect. <laughs> if you wanted to stick it to them, one loop wonders. That's, boy. Not what I was thinking at all. But, no, 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 I know. Um, I know. We'll close the book on that. Sorry for taking up all your time here, Nora. No, that's okay. I don't like being the complaining guy in angry. I like being constructive. But when I get honest hair, man... It's very difficult to dislodge me unless you slap me with some reality. Okay. Well, if I had known, I would. <laughs> <laughs> Global warming! Global warming! Yes, exactly, exactly. I throw away recyclables. See, that would have been. Like, I didn't want to rinse it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Rinsing? <laughs> it was a mayonnaise jar. Why should I rinse it? <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> but anyway, no, that's funny. That's very funny. We'll close the show by saying. Thank you for joining us on this episode of the Too Vague Podcast. My name is Ben. And I'm Nora. And we've been your hosts. Have a wonderful night. Bye. Bye.